2: Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick, and it's time for this week's One Last Thing with co-host Slava Cooperstein. Uh, Slava, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. After that performance, fantastic. How could we not? How could we not? Uh, one of the things that is, it's, it's been present since the beginning of Lamar's career, really, is how he has a concentration of targets to certain receivers – uh, Andrews has been his go-to guy for for many years, largely because they have kind of a mind meld going on in terms of what Andrews does to create space on an extended play and also how much he just trusts him to go up and uh, you know either play offense or defense as necessary on a contested ball. So uh, we thought we'd do a little episode today to talk through some of the Ravens' receivers now, and kind of where they are in terms of their Lamar Jackson trust bank account.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that you kind of always wonder whether uh, we make too much or too little of it. But you know, the, it, it, it's definitely a thing, and we've seen it pop up uh, numerous times. You know, just like Harbaugh has his doghouse, Lamar has <laughs> Lamar has his a little bit. Um, but I'll go ahead and start with a with a pretty easy one, and that would be Zay
2: Flowers. I I just I I do want to drop in this, but before we jump into the the individual players, which I think is the meat and potatoes of this, and it's gonna be the 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 fun part to talk through. Um I asked a question of Monkin way back in camp. And I said, How are you gonna scheme distribution of the football? Uh, or does does it require, and I forget the exact way I worded the question, you to distribute the football more by scheme. In order to have every blade of grass defended, the way he talked about being a balanced offense is, is defends everything. And his, his response to it was first is, yeah, there's some scheme involved, but also, you know, it, it's due to the players there have to make plays. And that's true in any team sport that, you know, if you're the if you're the hot shooter, you get the ball more from the point guard because he trusts you to make shots. And, you know, if whatever the case, you get you get more at bats if you're if you're, you know, hitting three hundred kind of thing. That was he gave a couple of different analogies that were in that vein. And and he's he's right about that. And that's why we're coming back to this trusting because because Lamar certainly has to he a lot of it can be schemed in terms of your first read is here, your second read is here, but uh Lamar has to actually trust what's going on. He has to what he sees, he has to like in order to deliver that football. And in particular, Lamar has so many off-schedule throws that that really trust comes into play more for a quarterback like him.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely want your, uh, you definitely want your quarterback to be uh, confident in who he's throwing to um, and all that. But uh, you know, it's important to to build that confidence as well and make a concerted effort to do so Um, in particular, because the, um, you know, later on in the season when you have, you know, if you have Flowers and Andrews lined up, you know, and and then and then you know the other receiver, the defense is going to treat as a non-factor. Um, you, you know, you you don't want to be taking your own players out of uh, consideration for the defense to have to account for. Uh, so it's very important to get as many people involved and build up that trust as possible. Um, so with that, uh, we'll start with somebody who has uh, built up trust very quickly with Lamar. And that's Dave Flowers. Um, he's done a really excellent job coming in as a first-round rookie. Uh, I think the off-season work that he and Lamar put in together has really paid off because he has shown an ability to not just, not just get open, not just make plays, not just have sure hands for the most part, but also on some of those unscheduled plays uh, to sh- sort of shake his defender. And Lamar is looking for him and finding him.
2: Yeah, c- completely agree first of all and and I think you've hit on some of the really important points. The first is he worked together in the off season and the, and the thing the time he spent with Beckham and Zay has been invaluable in in that regard that, that that he's been with the two. I I don't know that he spent a lot of time with Andrews but you know they've been together for years so it's not it's probably not as necessary. I felt like if there was a chance Isaiah likely could raise his hands to be involved in those during the off season. That'd be terrific. It it might be might be just a ticket to to get more back more involved in the offense. But then I thought about it a little bit and I'm like, you know, how many balls is Lamar Jackson gonna want to throw in a you know one or one and a half hour throwing session? And I don't know that you can have seven receivers there and have it really make sense. So I know he's you know, there were some good things, not from this last season, but from the previous offseason where I think it was Bateman getting together or maybe even Prochet and wearing a helmet. While he was getting throws from me, so he's you know, getting a little bit better ball tracking skills with that. So I think the offseason work, tremendous value, certainly. In, in terms of the, the play on the field this year and, 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 and returning specifically to Flowers, he has a lot of schemed targets. So he's a lot, you know. A a jet pitch to him is is not a trust play, and and a wide receiver screen is not really a trust play. You know, he's he's getting that ball because that's the scheme. So I think you come down to extended plays, and you mentioned that earlier as well. I think Flowers has done a really good job, especially recently, on extended plays. And the forty six yarder was what three and a half seconds, or even more than that, before Lamar released the ball. This last week, um, and Flowers had time to basically whip route his guy at the end of his route and lose him back to the inside. In a way, we've seen in camp a lot. That is a just a wonderful trust addition for Lamar to see that that wide open that late in a play. I think that's where you that's where a lot of the the trust bank account, as I kind of think of it, is built. And the other way you build trust is by not having your receiver let you down and give up some interceptions that occur either because you dropped the ball or you didn't really make a good defensive play or you tipped the ball high and, and uh, that, you know, allowed somebody to make a play on the football, et cetera. But I think right now flowers is sky high, obviously, in terms of his trust with Lamar.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you know, one of the most important things is to be that guy on money downs. And uh, so far, um, you know, you can't, you can't be upset at all with how Zay has answered the call
2: all right i'll I'll pick another one here, and since we've gone zay let's go to well let's go to Bateman because I, I don't know that he's gone the complete opposite end because I think this last week was really important for him. I think he you know he made a couple of plays he was in space he's gotten pretty good separation this year, so an interesting separation graph that his separation was good, but his catch point and yak results were not good, and that's as I understand what what the um The guy is trying to graph with that. The drops would fit into a vertical access, whereas horizontal access was showing separation. So the the separation has been good, and Flowers has been, I'm sorry, uh, Bateman has been able to to be open. Um, But that doesn't mean that that he's earned the highest level of Lamar trust. And I think we've seen a few things. Last year there were some drops. This year there have been some drops, particularly in the. The Pittsburgh game comes to mind as a place where, uh, you know, he he had some drops, so did Flowers, by the way, in that game. Um, But this last week, two really nice first down throws, wide open um, uh, that were, um, I don't know how much they were really trust throws, but one of them, I believe, was extended. And it's nice to see him, you know, come up with money down catches, as you mentioned. I thought he might have lost a little – Uh, undone a little of his two catches with some not great tracking on the third ball where he was targeted by the left sideline deep and he kind of tapped his own chest after the play it's good by the way take responsibility for that right away on the field you don't want to you don't want to cast aspersions on the throw or not be able to get to it or whatever and obviously the big loss was was last week when he when he you know failed to he was a little flat footed when the ball came and it might've been off target, but he didn't make a a really good attempt to to deflect that ball. Probably wasn't going to catch it, but he could have, he could have kept it from being intercepted.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, I think, I think Bateman's headed in the right direction. I think it's been, it has been up and down a little bit, but he has been consistently getting separation. Um, We've seen really good chemistry uh, between, um, between Bateman and Lamar before, you know, last season, those first two games, I mean, Lamar was statistically among the top quarterbacks and he was going, he was going for Bateman and having great success with him. Um, And again, I think it is crucial that those catches were on those money downs. I, I think the catch though, uh, or the drop pass where he was, um, where he was going towards the left sideline, was that Snoop? Passing to him uh,
2: at that point, or am I uh, thinking the wrong thing? Well, let me think. That might have been Snoop because uh, it was the was it the last play of the game was for Bateman. I'm looking now. Um, you're right. That was that was 3:26 left of the game, and Snoop was in. So you're you're, you're absolutely right. I mean,
0: it's still, the, it's, still it's still yeah on-field on production, right? Yeah. So like you know, I, no, no question about that. It's just maybe not quite as visceral um of, to of Lamar. A, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so I could see that so so you know I, I I think I think Bateman just needs to keep doing what he's doing and I think that um I think both Lamar and Munken have shown kind of like that they understand that Bateman really is going to need to be a key piece of this offense you know they've schemed stuff to him to get him involved and and Lamar you know it if Lamar is looking for you on third down and you're rewarding that decision, I think, I think that's going to lead to good things. So um, I think, I think they, they know that he needs to be more involved and and I think uh, good things will happen.
2: Yeah. And, and it is kind of easy to scheme him as the first read. It's been my, my thought that actually he's, he's gotten a little bit less play because um, the Ravens haven't trusted their offensive tackles this season. And, and honestly, with some good reason, and this, this game hopefully changes that in terms of, of some additional time, but it wasn't a great ample time and space game. Ample time and space will feed Rashad Bateman because he, he needs to go to the top of the route, wiggle. To get that great separation that he gets, and then Lamar has to read it from there. He has to read the the loss of leverage by that defensive back, or the or the, the win that Bateman has had at that, at the top of the route, and then throw to it. And it that's not it, it takes a little more time. Um, if he were you know a slant guy, you know very regularly, and it was just a matter of trusting that he was going to get off the line correctly against some other player, much easier to read that more quickly. And so Bateman, it takes a little more time for things to develop.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I think that point is well taken and, you know, looking to the next, you know, several weeks on the schedule, I think uh, those opportunities will be there. And uh, so then uh, uh, moving on to the next uh, uh, player on our list, um, I will go with Nelson Aguilar. Uh, yeah. Aguilar, I, we've said a number of times uh, throughout the season so far, has been one of the most pleasant surprises, um, on the team, certainly, um, probably the one playing most above expectation, yep. um, uh, out of any of the receivers. I mean, Zay, you kind of feel it more because you invested a first round pick in it. So it's like that much more gratifying, but Aguilar has performed very admirably. He's been a reliable target in the red zone. He, uh, actually his, you know, his catch in, in, in the end zone, um, this, uh, this game, it was after, you know, nine plus seconds, of Lamar moving around in the pocket, you know, at that point, every receiver is sort of, you know, trying to <laughs> do what they can to stay open. All of the routes have have, have been concluded, so it's all, really on the receiver to continue to try to get open, and that's exactly what Aguilar did. He, um, you know, made himself available as a target, uh, and and you know, credit to the O line, credit to Lamar for hanging in there, uh, and uh, and Agalor rewarded that trust. I think I think his account is as high as anybody else's.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I think I can sum it up most easily with this. Aguilar has caught 81% of the balls thrown to him this year, 70, 17 of 21. Career, he's a 60.1%. Actually, let's go before Baltimore. I don't have before Baltimore. But this this year, that 80% has has moved his career rating over 60%, I believe, for the first time. So he's he's uh, not only doing that, but he's also got 10.6 yards per target, which that kind of snuck up on me in terms of that's a fantastic year. If he if he were to maintain that, um, that would be the second highest figure in Ravens history, uh, exceeded only by uh, the 11.04 by um, Andrews in his rookie season in 2018. So. Aguilar's having a fantastic year. And, and the, I think, you know, you mentioned the touchdown pass. That's a great place where he needs to, he needs to find somebody. And Aguilar knew how to make space both vertically and horizontally on that play. And I think a lot of players wouldn't realize that in that case, maybe the vertical spacing is more important to get to the back of the end zone where it's a my guy or no guy situation as opposed to getting left, which actually brings more interception risk into the play where Lamar has to throw longer across the yeah. field. the old Dan Deerdorf uh thing he mentioned on here but any quarterback will tell you this uh, that, that, that thou shalt not throw back across the field as a rookie quarterback and but it, it doesn't apply to Lamar anymore but it, but it still is a is a place for high interception risk
0: yeah now Aguilar just represents a real tremendous return on investment. Um, and, uh, and, you know, he's, he's just really been a
2: key part of this offense and, and continues to reward Lamar for his trust. He, he would, I think what you said though, I think he would absolutely get my most above expectations Raven right now. Um, I, I was pissed off at the price tag, um, in particular with a draft capital involved because they gave up a sixth round pick to right. do it. And I think the Ravens need every pick, but, um, you know, I think, I think the return has, has justified that at this point. Definitely. All right, my turn, right? Yes. Let's go. Well, I'll tell you what, let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm going to talk about Isaiah Likely, who has not had a target now in four games. And, you know, it's interesting because he's only dropped one ball the entire season. And it somehow seems like more than that because he's not getting opportunities. But he dropped the ball against Indianapolis. It was a very key throw. Might have been the last throw he got because he had a 20-yard play earlier in that game, if I recall correctly. I've got the receiving stuff here, so let me just take a quick look. Um, yeah, so he had two balls. He had a 20-yard throw, I believe, was earlier in the game, and then he had a late fourth-quarter drop, which stalled a drive because it was on third down and it was very costly, and he has not gotten the ball again since. Zero against Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Detroit. His snaps have been cut down. Um, you know, there is a Monken trust factor here and a Lamar trust factor. So a trust within the scheme factor. And I wonder, and I guess I'll, 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 I'll pitch it to you on this. Do you think Monken has lost some trust and that's why he may not be being schemed up as the first read on some place where he might be getting some opportunities and also seeing the playing field less?
0: I think, I think Monken, uh, maybe, particularly this early on in the season really has put pressure on himself to really get this offense rolling. And, uh, and, and, you know, like a lot of people say, and I think there's truth to it, success breeds success. Right. So after a performance like this week, you want to build on it, continue to do well. And I think at that point, Munkin would be really well served. And I would hope to see this, him layering in some of these forgotten guys a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, I think I think you can kind of because there has been so little of either of these two players, both likely and Kolar, um, you know, I think the opportunities will continue to be there. Kolar's drop uh, was a big one and it was just like I mean, it went right through his hands. But again, you know, Bateman has had drops. They've gone to to go back to him. I just think that right now Munkin's like we need to get this receiving game going. We need to be more explosive uh, and 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 we're going to come back to these guys.
2: Well, sixty-one snaps for likely the last four weeks combined, which is still a lot more than Kolar, who's been inactive um, once and has only nineteen snaps total in the last four games. That's actually nineteen snaps since week one, for that matter. Uh, and week one, he had he had his only. Did he have one target that that week? I think that was correct, and and he. Uh, yeah, one target and he dropped it. So that's not a that's no way to go through life, son. Unfortunately, is uh, the way you have to look at that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Kolar is pretty clearly num- the number three tight end on the depth chart, and uh, and likely has um, uh, you know likely did some positive things this week in the blocking game. I mean, he had a, he yes. had a big block on uh, what was it Dan Campbell uh, for the um, it wasn't Lamar's touchdown. It was Gus's. Is that
2: yeah, he's got, he was he was notched inside on the right side on the RR two touchdown by Edwards, which happened. Was there? I think it was their last touchdown. It was in the second half, right? Yeah,
0: it was it was it was pretty late in the game. That's also the one where Stanley was uh, lined up in the slot. Um, you, you know, but but it was very key. You know, um, uh, Edwards ran uh, between. Stanley and um and likely and likely was on the outside. And I mean, you know, Dan Campbell's no, you know, no pushover. So uh he 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 you know has made a case to continue to be on the field even if what he's doing is blocking. But with that will come uh some some catching opportunities, I think.
2: Okay. I, I and I agree that that the blocking has been a thing, and that's been kind of a letdown with Kolar. Kolar really tried to get bigger uh, over the offseason. He made that point at the podium and and is a guy who I think they really wanted some blocking out of, and now, you know, I, I see him as a guy who probably fight, fights Vokalek for a roster spot next year. I don't think his draft status at at this point is going to carry him any further uh, in terms of what's happened, and, and that may be the case with Likely as well in terms of what's going on. It, it'd be a shame because both of those guys, I would have put in in a um, you know a, a a young possibility to grow into a young producers category. Uh, when, you put, when you when you analyze the roster, they're, they're guys you hope to get really value over their contract with during this first contract. And now I'm just unsure about both of them at this point. Andrews will be around. It doesn't appear like these guys uh, are getting too much of an opportunity. And Monken's desire to play 12 has largely recently been focused around Ricard and not, yeah. um, you know, these two guys. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, it's my turn. Yeah uh let's go with uh obj um obj i think just like uh just like um flowers uh spent some time in the offseason working with lamar positive thing they seem to be on the page a good uh, same page a, a, a good bit um has had some pretty sure hands uh really the biggest problem with obj has been his you know, health and general availability, which is something that, you know, anybody could have told you that was the big risk. Um, (laughs) um, but you know, anybody, anybody who's expecting OBJ to be, you know, OBJ of old, I mean, hasn't been really paying attention to his production over the past few years. I mean, I think, you know, I, I think you've said a few times that like, if he was giving them anything near to what he was giving the, um, Rams during their playoff run, um, then that would be really excellent. I mean, I think he's probably performed below that, uh, but yes. not but you know, not significantly below that when he's on the field. I think just um, um,
2: just well, you know, his availability. Let me stop you for one second. It, it, during, during that playoff run, he had over 10 yards per target and it was not an insignificant number of targets. So the real question right. was, what do you look at You know, in terms of his recent production, because his production during the during the regular season has been an absolute ski slope since his rookie year when he had 10, 10 yards per target. And it it dropped to a low of 6.4 with the Rams during during the regular season in 2021. But then he put together this 10 yards per target short burst of I think it was about 22, 26 snaps. So it's not that few in terms of total number of snaps and that's where you know the widely divergent views let's just say of what beckham might produce this year arise from and also i think you know to your point you're right on the money when you say you have to just factor how many games he's going to play and there were a lot of people saying i'm turning my back on that if he's healthy i'll do that and and you know that's not what you're doing when you're signing somebody that age you can't you can't have a guarantee on any component of their production and health being the big one
0: yeah, no, I, that, that's, that's for sure. And I mean, I, I guess, you know, we can put it this way. It's, it's very clear that um, both Zay Flowers and uh, Nelson Aguilar have outperformed um, OBJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, OBJ has done some good things um, uh, with the, when, when, the ball's gotten in his hands, uh, he's been uh, pretty physical, I think, uh, after the catch, um, you know, he's, he, I, I, I think he's in there. He's, producing at the at at a level that you might you know i I think i would be fine with my number three receiver producing at particularly given that andrews is one of the top receiving options as well um so so he fits in that way i mean like roi obviously is i i just don't think that you can measure obj's impact in terms of just you know the on-field play i think number one he was brought in to help seal the lamar deal so no matter what if if he really was a part of that i think that you've got your money's worth and number two um i i I think that he brings some of that veteran savvy that the ravens really buy into right like it's the reason that justin houston and some of these other veterans are brought on is to show the younger guys um how how to do it at, at at the higher levels and i think he has something to offer in that respect
2: I can manufacture value for Beckham that might even go beyond that. If you're talking about his heady on field play in terms of drawing penalties, I think that that could be undervalued. He's he's had, I think three penalties this year that had just been unbelievable veteran anti-hero kind of plays the, the, the pull down play in the end zone where he he drew a pass interference that he actually, he actually interfered on uh, that was enormous. The, the stepping on Jeffrey Simmons hands and getting Simmons to retaliate by pushing him down for a 15 yard um, uh, you know, uh, unnecessary roughness or whatever they, they called it. I yeah. think it was it. You are, uh, th- and the uh, the initial cutoff play he orchestrated for the back judge or side judge, I forget which, um, on in the in the opening game where he uh, he, he drew a, a pass interference that certainly was nowhere near the football and not going to get anywhere near the football. I thought was terrific too. Um, and then then you come back in the other way and you look at the interception that he really should have made a better play on that football. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the, he, that that was definitely a low point in the season. Um, did you, did you notice that DeAndre Hopkins was like really remarkably good at that as well when we played against him in, uh, in the Titans game? I mean, yeah, he, he was, played, just, he's a defender. Yeah. F- he was flopping all over the field. I
2: mean, just like, you know, and, and they were giving him every, every call. Oh, I, I missed what you said. I, I missed your understanding because I thought we were talking about the interception, but he's always been pretty good at that too. But you're right. I mean, he's a veteran who, who begs for flags and he is the Tom Brady of receivers in terms of crying to the officials immediately after the play is over.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. Is it, is it my turn here? That was a good one. Um, well, I guess let's talk about Devin Duvernay since we, we'll, we'll, we've we got a couple couple of good ones to do still at the end here. Devin DuVernay, obviously very disappointing season and a a big reversal from last season, particularly in catches made on the balls thrown his way. And he had uh, last year, I want to make sure I have this up in front of me. So I'm quoting it correctly here. But last year he caught. uh, Where's his targets? Okay, he had 49 targets and caught 37 balls for a 75.5% catch rate. This year he's caught two of seven balls for a 28.6% cash rate. That's obviously not acceptable. He's only got eight yards on the season and his playing time has shrunk like crazy. One of the things that was improving his catch rate last season, and it's by far, it's not the only one at all, by the way, not the only one at all, is that DuVernay was involved in a lot of gadget plays and he got a lot of the targets that Zay did that are kind of like automatic catches. Basically, any wide receiver screen is almost 100% chance to be completed. Um, and all jet pitches are effectively completed unless something goes horribly wrong. You know, ones that are just these little flips forward. And, and DuVernay has not had nearly as many of those opportunities because the the gadget plays are going to Flowers this year. Something I've been very critical of is that, I, you know, you have a bunch of speed guys. Flowers has a bunch of separation ability downfield. Can certifiably draw a safety away, draw safety's attention. Whereas DuVernay, I don't think we've really seen that in his career as, as often. Um it just seems to be like Mitchell Hill and Duvernay give you all you need in terms of gadget guys if you if you allow um them to do it and Flowers can create a lot more spacing for you if you run him a, on a different deeper route tree.
0: Yeah, I mean I uh, Duvernay has largely been phased out of the offense. Um I kind of feel the same way that I feel about um uh, likely just in terms of philosophically I think you don't want to wait until you need those guys to rely on those guys. Right. Like you need to get them involved. You know, even if Duvernay is getting, you know, three targets a game or something like that, you know, on, on, on some easy stuff, you know, it's, it's just, it's important. It's a long season. You've already had several games where people have been, where receivers have been injured. Um, You know, Andrews, I, now I don't even remember whether he missed time, but he definitely had a quad injury that was hampered.
2: Game down. one, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, game one. So, uh, so you know, these these things happen. You're going to need to rely on your depth at one point, and so you know, get them involved. Particularly, Duvernay has a skill set. We know he has great hands. He has great speed. You know, his route running is limited, but um, those are things that you can uh, put put to good use, and uh, will allow you to. Use some of your other weapons in you know, perhaps more productive ways like uh, like Zay Flowers. So uh, I think I think the you know, the bank is kind of low, but I don't necessarily put that all on Lamar. I put a lot of that on uh, on Monken.
2: Yeah, I I would agree. I think um, it's one of the th- only things about Monken's scheme that I'm really highly critical of is is the use of those speed guys. And It's great to see Keaton Mitchell get a jet pitch out of Pony. So it's, I believe it was the first use of Pony for the season because I've been really watching for it, but I might have missed one. They had they did line up Duvernay in the backfield on a play, which is not a not what I would maybe classify as Pony. I'm really talking about having two tailbacks in there, one split and one in the backfield or both in the backfield either one Um, but this was a this was a case of uh uh, you know mitchell coming across the formation in jet motion and taking a pitch and that was a thing of beauty that was just a thing of beauty to see and and uh you still had flowers on the field on that play i believe your other point i think is a really good one is you don't want to wait until you absolutely need to have these guys to rely on them at all if duvernay has to come in you know bankrupt of confidence both in himself and from Lamar at midseason, because Flowers gets hurt and has to play four games at the Z. At that point, uh, boy, uh, you don't you don't want to have a rusty Duvernay there as your as your big weapon. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't be targeted all that much in those situations, but he's got to come back and do all the gadgetry he's got to do, and you've got to you got to do something to try and get him down the field and make best use of his speed. So, I I I, I think he's got to be in there. One thing that was kind of good this last week is they really split the wide receiver snaps uh, in total, a lot more. Nobody had more than forty four out of sixty. So it was nice to to see that divided a little more in terms of playing time.
0: I, I do think it was a missed opportunity in the maybe, let's say you start to feel very confident about the outcome at like second half of the third quarter, you know, confident to the extent that you're really not worried about you know them mounting a comeback. You know, I think at that point, you know, start rotating some of your guys in, right? Like, you know, maybe Andrews doesn't need to be in on every play. Like, maybe start, you know, putting in Justice Hill. uh, I mean, sorry, not Justice Hill. Isaiah Likely. Uh, Maybe start putting in, uh, you know, DuVernay instead of Aguilar or, or something like that. You know, like start getting those guys in when you have the luxury of being up by so much. Your defense is playing such dominant, you know, so... It, it it's not every week you're going to have like such a, such an incredible blowout. Um, so I think that was a little bit of a missed opportunity and that's, that's the one thing I would sort of be critical of, of this last game.
2: Yeah. And not that there were a whole lot of targets handed out. Cause when they cleared the bench, it, they only had three plays with, with, um, uh, Snoop. And we, as we talked about it, Bateman got the one target in those three. So,
0: yeah. Um, so I, I think it's me. Um, I will go with the running backs and Ricard, um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Edwards, Justice Hill, and uh, uh, I, I can't say Ricard's been more involved in the passing game than he was last year, yeah, but, um, but they've, but both, but, but sort of the concept of how the running backs are being used um, has uh, evolved in, uh, in, in this offense, as opposed to Romans. Um, we're seeing more screens or uh, sort of, uh, you know, you know, some of these outlet throws, um, uh, one of which, you know resulted in the longest uh, passing play of the season for the Ravens which was Gus Edwards uh rumbling down for 80 and incidentally I don't know whether you covered this or, or not but that was really encouraging Gus looked really good yeah, running down big? the sideline he just looked I mean aside from the fantastic result right he he just his gait was very smooth I mean I watched I rewatched that play a number of times and he just like looked he looked healthy right like I think there have been times in the season where he sort of Maybe just didn't look quite right. He looked really good in that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're just, they're using them more often. And I think it's just, you know, more things that defenses have to defend. And I think Lamar's executed pretty well. And so the running backs.
2: I've I've appreciated obviously what's happening with the running backs and Edwards' 80-yard play is fantastic. Ricard's big play fantastic, but let's I I just want to break down a few things that are really statistical anomalies here. First of all, the running running backs have caught all but one ball that's been thrown to them this year. Okay, and that's not all the trust component, but it's it's a nice thing to have. Hill has caught 11 out of 11 balls. Edwards four out of five. four out of four for Ricard and one out of one for Mitchell. It was just this jet toss this last week that that obviously he's going to, going to complete basically hundred percent of the time, but the, the, uh, that's, that's still incredible. And, you know, as, as incredible as the 10.6 yards per target from Aguilar has been, this is where it really gets weird. The Ravens, two leaders in this category, if you, if you, if you put a minimum at four receptions, Patrick Ricard has 12.0 yards per target this year, four plays for 48 now. And, you know, he, he's a guy who had a very low yards per target in the past, but this year has gotten an opportunity to kind of run in space a little bit more and frankly run a little more diverse route tree, which I've, I've been very pleasantly surprised by, you know, in terms of, of how he's been able to find space and, and uh, uh, you know, be out in the clear for, for Lamar to find him. And the other guy's Edwards who now has five targets and 18.6 yards per target this year. That's obviously all driven by the 80-yard play, but um, huge trust play for Edwards. Not as much for the run after the catch, although I'm sure Lamar's having as much fun as we are watching that, you know, and not those two guys down the sideline. But because he found that space deep there, and Lamar called it scheme. I think there was some scheme in terms of Lamar rolled out of the pocket. He didn't want to take credit for creating the play himself. But I think he. I don't. I think the, the Edwards finding space was an ad lib component of that play. So they they they, they had a designed roll move of the pocket to the right, or at least a design option to move the pocket to the right. Then Edwards is out there, but it's Edwards who made that play by getting behind defenders who were a lot slower than him, and catching the ball cleanly. Lamar put it right on the money, and you know, yeah. and Edwards caught the ball and was ready to run. Um but just having having those uh, the the two defensive linemen you know chasing him down the field was about as fun as it ever gets watching football um and then the i, I, I the guy sitting next to me actually made the point is i think it, you know he should have just ran right over that safety but it looked like he actually juked the safety very effectively at the end to me and probably got an additional 10 yards of of getting dragged down on that play by him out of it
0: yeah yeah for sure okay. i know i i agree with your rate on that and Uh, and honestly, like, even if you go back to like some of the passes to, um, Melvin Gordon, like that slant that, uh, Gordon almost got into the end zone on that one, um, and and went for a good amount, like the timing component, uh, has been really good. So, you know, the backs have all rewarded, uh, Lamar's trust in them with this like very high catch rate, but also the scheme, I mean, has been just that like anytime we tried, um, Uh, You know, screens, you know, these little screens uh, or pitches to the uh, backs in recent years. I mean, at the time, it was just terrible.
2: Yeah. I, 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 you know, I left Gordon out of this because he's not really a part, I don't think, of the Ravens' plans. But you never know. He's sitting on the practice squad. No elevations left. If someone were to get hurt, and this might be the case with Mitchell, maybe he gets elevated. Um, for something, but the Ravens actually are in a, a, a tighter bind in terms of roster spots now that they, they've gotten a little healthier uh, to, to really make that happen. But he's sitting there at 15.3 yards per target. He's caught all three balls thrown to him. That wheel route early in yeah. the run is big. But the point you made is great, is that is that I think Monken is doing a better job of finding ways to utilize those backs in space. Let's do that and, and also take flowers out of this gadgetry equation since, look, these guys are all doing it well. I want to go back to Hill for one second. Hill's been the one kind of disappointment. He's got the highest workload with 11 targets, but he's only gotten 27 yards on the season, so two and a half yards per throw. There have been issues there with them trying to do a lot of um, swing routes to Hill that I think have been largely ineffective. And I yeah. still think they need to be looking through their catalog of plays here and deciding you know, which do we need to eliminate, not, not just which ones are really working and, uh, and, 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 and do we want to stick with. But uh, uh, there's some of those plays I, I really have not liked. And, and unfortunately, Hill has never really been a high yards per target guy, and I don't really have a good reason for that. He's somebody I, I was really hoping would improve with and scheme.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that if I were trying to incorporate Hill into the passing game, I think it would be more on like sort of these like, you know, he chips the defender, which he's been really good at this season. I mean, he's had some brutal, you know, (laughs) you know, blocks uh, on some defenders and then and then, you know, leaking out as a sort of a just a, you know, um, you know, last last uh, uh, sort of read. Uh, to to salvage the play, sort of thing, but not so much this like behind this, you know, behind the line of scrimmage business.
2: Yeah. Okay, we've I have there's only one name I think I haven't heard so far, and that's Mark Andrews. Let's let's talk about him a little bit. Trust never been an issue between him and Lamar. They came into the league together um, from their very first plays. Um, he, he was a backup tight end, or a yeah, maybe not quite a backup in 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 his uh, first camp, but. They've always kind of taken their reps together, and I've always felt like the offense has been for for a lot of Lamar's time here is read one Andrews and then create a run. Uh, but it's just, it, he's obviously been right at the top of the target list a lot, and his his uh, you know obviously career targets show that. And he's Lamar has put the ball in significant risk throwing the ball to Andrews over the years, such that a lot of his interceptions have actually come there. But he still trusts Andrews. Not to create additional interceptions um, for him uh, by tipping the ball sometimes or by dropping the ball right into defenders' hands, as we've seen from players like Bateman occasionally in the past. Um, it, it, it's never been a trust has never been a factor between those two.
0: Yeah, definitely not. They have a you know mind meld thing going on, just like uh, you know Flacco and, and Pitta was a was, was a really good one. Uh, you know, they just they're they're on the same page. Um, and uh, you know, kind of like you always hear when when the um, when when the Chiefs are playing that uh, Kelsey sort of like you know makes up his own routes and uh, and and Mahomes has an idea of where he's going to be. I mean, there's definitely something akin to that uh, going on with uh, with Andrews and Lamar. Um, you know, and and Andrews has really just been spe- spectacular in the end zone this season. Like really, you know, bodying up defenders. Um, I think he is. He has been the beneficiary of this improved receiving core big time. Um, You know, I mean, the slow start to the season, I think a little bit because of injuries, but you're really starting to see that now. Um, I I still think that, uh, you know, the Ravens can implement Zay in a way that will benefit Andrews more with some of those deep routes, you know, clear, clear things up in the, in the middle. But like, it it seems like every week, uh, you know, the productivity uh, for Andrews is, is
2: increasing. All right. Outstanding topic, by the way, uh, uh, a lot of fun always to do these with you, Slava, and and uh, really always appreciate your uh, your contributions to, to the uh, makeup of, of the show, not just the discussion with you, which is also fantastic, but uh, uh, this, this is a lot of fun. Tell folks where they can talk football with you online.
0: I'm on Twitter at Slava Cooperstein. That's S-L-A-V-A-K-U-P-E-R-S-T-E-I-N.
2: All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up on Twitter. I'm always interested uh, uh, in your topics. DMs are always open. I promise I'll get back to you very quickly about your show idea. Uh, this is Ken McKusick and also for Slava Cooper saying, saying goodbye. And we'll talk to you next week on One Last Thing. <laughs>